Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off season. Welcome to the wildcard edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. Matt, how's uh, you know the the regular season is over. We're not setting any lineups. We already uh, polished. We're polishing those trophies and stuff. Uh, not as much to do these days couple playoff leagues there's a little bit of fun still out there watching this game these games is a good time but what are you doing with your extra time oh i was getting all my leagues set up for 2021 already you know converting those those draft there's no off season right yeah exactly (laughs) we got to get those i know draft picks converted to auction dollars and you know in in the red list league sent out a bunch of donations again over a thousand dollars there uh this year so actually over two thousand dollars this year so uh you know getting all that at, at end of the year stuff cleaned up while watching playoff football it's a it's a good time of year man yeah, absolutely. Ryan, how about you? Lots of the same things, putting the final bow on 2020 and moving on to 2021 for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Just like Matt, setting up some some leagues for next year already, already looking forward to those. The the drafts, the free agency, all that goes with uh, our, our dynasty leagues in the offseason. That's, that's why we really love it. Yep, we do indeed. We have a lot to talk to on the, talk about on this episode, guys. We're going to start our rookie review series. Last chance to take a good long look at these 2020 rookies before we turn the page and head to 2021. Talk about that upcoming class of first-year players. Before we get to that, though, and we're talking about the quarterbacks and the tight ends today, we'll get to running backs and wide receivers later. Let's talk about a little bit of what's been in the news in the last handful of days. I think if you, outside of the games that are being played on the field, the biggest news, Ryan, has been Deshaun Watson and the and all the how upset he's been with everything happening in Houston. On Sunday, even there are reports that there are there are trade rumors, and there's the potential of him moving on, finding a new home, uh, even linked to the Miami Dolphins and a Tua for Deshaun Watson type trade happening. What are your thoughts as a dynasty manager of everything happening in Houston with Watson? Well, it's it's kind of exciting, right? I said that's why we love the off season. This is really why we love the off season because of all the activity, the the draft, free agency, and and potential moves like this. And to me, it just seems like once we start hearing reports like this, rumors, that it, it becomes reality sooner rather than later. So, um, 
we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but at this point, I'm kind of assuming that Deshaun Watson does ultimately get traded. Uh, and really, I, I mean, the Texans, any success they had was, uh, was because of him, not, not certainly not in spite of him. So we know how that, how that, uh, offense has been really just torn down by the decision makers there over the past couple of years with Hopkins and, and others being, uh, being let go or traded or whatever this individual situation. So really I'm, I'm viewing almost any situation as an upgrade for Deshaun Watson and, and pretty excited to see what he can do uh, in potentially a, a better situation. Matt, what was floated around on Sunday morning was a Deshaun Watson for Tua Tungvaloa uh, package of other picks and players would have to be involved. Of course, Man, there's so much conjecture happening right now, and there's there's so many unknowns, and there's got to be a lot of time that passes, obviously, or or at least some time that passes before something like this could be done. But as Ryan said, when there's smoke, there's usually fire. Uh, what are your thoughts on the whole situation? Yeah, I wonder what the root of all this was, and if the organization is really just not letting Watson have any you know in, input on on the future coaching. Uh, decisions there. He's advocated for Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for Kansas City, which would obviously be a, a pretty exciting fit if somehow they came to terms on that. But you know, there was a, a Bieniemy basically said he wanted to do nothing to do with the Texans. Uh, the, the 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 front office are actually the ones that brought in Watson, d- despite the wishes of Bill O'Brien, who's now gone. So you would expect the situation to get better. Uh, but it, Watson obviously isn't happy. So if, if Watson ends up in Miami with a coaching staff that wants to use him and we know uh, has a plan for their team, that, that's that's pretty exciting. It seems far-fetched to me still for a quarterback of his uh, stature, I guess, to, to, to actually move. It doesn't really happen that much, but today's NFL, we, we've, we've seen more and more trades happening in the last several years, and, and it, you know, it, would, it would be exciting. So uh, I don't really think it would really do much for Watson's dynasty value either way. I think he's probably still going to be that top-five asset no matter where he is. So from that perspective, uh, I don't see that much of a change for him, no matter where he plays. We, uh, we don't see guys like Deandre Hopkins traded very often either, Matt, but, but But, but Bill O'Brien, you know, (laughs) well, you know, I mean, O'Brien certainly took a lot of heat and, and that, that was deserved, but I think we're seeing with, with the remaining leadership, Bob, Bob McNair, the owner and, um, and some of the other decision makers there, I'm not sure they're they're much better than what they had in O'Brien based on what we've seen. And um, as far as the root of all this, it's I mean, we just have to base it on what has been reported that Watson was uh, promised he would have a say in some some of the decisions, uh, at least some input. And he didn't have that. They hired a GM. Uh, they didn't even interview the enemy, which regardless of yeah. what Deshaun Watson wants, that's. That's kind of ridiculous. Every every team with an opening should at least talk to that guy. Uh, and to me, it goes back to the way uh, that DeAndre Hopkins was treated on his way out of town. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And, and these rumors kind of have been swirling and, and coming out of Houston for a long time. So... Uh, like you guys have said, it, it has gained a lot of steam lately. It doesn't seem like there can be a pregame show or even a telecast of a football game over the weekend without people talking about what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. We'll see in the coming weeks and months what goes down there, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, it'll be fun to talk about here in the podcast as well. Let's, uh, let's 
switch over to what happened on the field. Cam Akers had a big game. There were some big performances for sure over the weekend. Uh, and then there were some disappointments as well. But when it comes to Dynasty, Matt, it's probably Cam Akers where the spotlight shines so much. The Rams move on in their game, and, and he was a big reason why. Looked really good throughout that contest against uh, that Seattle defense that has been pretty good lately. Yeah, he is he's somebody we've been advocating as maybe the cheapest uh, uh, buys of this rookie quarter running back class. Uh, and I think that continues. I mean, it's, it's obviously not going to be uh, uh, cheaper than it was two weeks ago after today's playoff, playoff performance. And we've seen these playoff performances boost value in, in the past. So uh, he's going to keep going up. I, I still think he's a buy as of this point. And again, remember, as we get deeper into the offseason, as we hit that rookie draft fever, uh, these, these veterans, even these second-year players who – I guess we're calling veterans after their, their rookie season, right? Uh, these guys even even still uh, uh, kind of not, not necessarily bottom out in price, but they get cheaper as we get wrapped, wrapped up in these rookie fevers. So, again, if you're sitting there in the middle of the first round and the player you don't want falls, uh, if you can get a guy like Cam Akers, I definitely advocate doing something like that uh, as we have for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I was certainly impressed by what I saw from Cam Akers as well. Uh, I don't know about his – Price being cheap, he's he's a second rounder already in startup ADP, and with with what we saw uh, this past weekend, uh, I think that only goes up from here. So uh, I still like the idea of targeting him, but uh, he, he's going to be pricey. Yeah, maybe not cheap, just cheaper than some of the available other running backs we've we've talked about throughout the season. It it just feels so much better to see Cam put it on film. I know he had that one big game late in the season, but uh, to do it again, it really adds to the to the fire for this offseason and what could be for Cam Akers moving forward in an offense that, that, let's face it, likes to feature a number one running back and get him involved in multiple ways. Hopefully that, that happens uh, for Cam Akers starting, I guess, as soon as right now and, and into 2021. Uh, let's move on to what we need to get to for, for the main topic of the show guys. And that's this rookie review. We wanted to cover all the rookie quarterbacks and tight ends, at least all of them that made an impact or we expect to make an impact in the future. And we'll start under center with Joe Burrow, Ryan, the Cincinnati rookie one Oh one in the NFL draft. Uh, he, he had a really good start to his season before the injury completed 65% of his passes over 2,600 yards, 13 touchdowns, five picks also added three rushing touchdowns in just 10 games. Looks like uh, the ideal pocket passer that can use his legs a little bit stuck in Cincinnati. So there were some questions about that coming into the season, but a lot of those questions got answered as he played well. He used his weapons, particularly his young weapon in T Higgins got the running game going and was able to use his legs to add to his fantasy value. He had a rookie ADP of the 12th overall pick in rookie drafts. Many of us, myself included thought that was too high, but the, the, spotlight the uh, the arrow I guess is pointing up for for Joe Burrow and what he can do for the Bengals and for dynasty managers everywhere yeah certainly I think what we saw in those those first uh, 10 games for Burrow was was definitely promising because he did that with uh, AJ Green basically being a non-factor with fellow rookie as you mentioned T Higgins also trying to make his adjustment to the to the league Joe Mixon was was banged up really almost the entire season. 
Um, and that offensive line, once again, uh, first of all, not very good to start with, and then they also had some injuries. So to see any success from Burrow, I think, was encouraging. We did see uh, – we saw a slight uptick in his uh, dynasty ADP, I guess depending on how you look at it. Um, in May, Burrow was at 95 overall. That put him at the QB7 spot. He's currently the quarterback nine. Uh, but his overall ADP uh, went up slightly from 95 up to 92. So basically being the same, being valued the same way he was post-draft, which, which is probably fair given some of the other players who have gained value uh, in that time. But I think we have to feel, feel pretty good about what we saw from Burrow. I do think he, he had a lot of that success based on volume. Uh, with Mixon being out and, and being down most games, they were throwing the ball a ton. Uh, through his active games, Burrow was second in the league in, in, in pass attempts with over 400, but just 10th in, in passing yards. And going back to, to the offensive line, just, just got abused. I mean, we saw so many hits that he took that could have been season enders before the, the one that ultimately did it. Uh, he, was, he was third in sacks over that time, second in fumbles lost among quarterbacks. So uh, some work to do, but a lot of it on the, uh, on the offensive line. Yeah, some work to do, but there is reinforcements coming on that offensive line. That knee injury that he uh, sustained, Burrow I'm talking about, of course, uh, full torn ACL, full torn MCL, had surgery in early December, Matt. And the expectation is that while he should start throwing this offseason and, and there is there is the potential for him to be back early in 2021, there's also the potential that he could miss some time early next season, which is a bummer for those of us that are counting on Joe Burrow on our dynasty rosters. Yeah, and that's one reason I think you have to – consider him not to be the quarterback one in this class we got a guy i think we all agree on at this point we'll get to him a little bit a little bit later uh but i think that's that's one of the reasons why you have to consider that because if he does miss say the first four games you're you're giving that much of time of production so if you are let's say a team that's competing and and you're looking to buy a young quarterback to maybe maybe reload rather than than go into rebuild joe burrow might not be somebody you want if you're looking to start uh off your 2021 season from a from a, a place of strength you know but other other than that I think he's a buy like you said like Ryan said he has gone up in price but again once we get close to the rookie drafts are people going to start valuing him uh or maybe they already do value him less than the than the Trevor Lawrence and the Justin Fields and it probably won't go much farther than that but if you're sitting there and you you you're not necessarily looking to compete right away in 2021 and you've already seen Burrow be good in the NFL and to me that's worth a lot so at this point I probably would you know you get to that point you're and you're ready to go uh, I would I would consider moving the, one of those two rookies for somebody that we've already seen be good in the NFL and, and could be potentially elite in the NFL. And now with those weapons that are surrounding him, Mixon coming back, T. Higgins, like you mentioned, and all these other guys, uh, uh, that's, that's worth a lot to me. So something you can probably get done as we get closer to rookie drafts, I would guess, in, in super flex formats. Let's move on to Tua Tungavaloa, uh, another guy that got on the field a little bit, especially at the end of the season, 40 or 64% completion percentage, uh, 1,800 yards, 11 touchdowns, just five picks. Also was decent with his legs, 109 rushing yards and three touchdowns in those 10 games, Ryan. But just one quarterback, one game, had a real bummer to finish the season in Buffalo when 
the the closer Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't available for the team and and the the it was really his opportunity to run that offense and and get the Dolphins into the playoffs. Man, it was it was discouraging to see him play so poorly towards the end of the year. Of course, that coaching staff, that front office, in fact, GM Chris Greer committed to Tua uh, after the loss, saying he's the starting quarterback despite having the number three overall pick and, and all those things in uh, in Miami. What are your thoughts of Tua? Because I, I don't know if I'm feeling it here with Tua Tungvaloa. Yeah, that that's definitely fair, and, and I, I think I would agree. We have seen his value drop, and honestly, I'm surprised it hasn't dropped more, basically about half a round uh, since uh, dating back to May. He has fallen from the quarterback 11 to the quarterback 14, but you look at some of these numbers, and, and really they're just unbelievably bad. It, it, he just It didn't feel like he threw the ball beyond 15 yards ever right? Everything mm-hmm. was short. Um, he, he averaged 107 air yards per game, which was 30th in the league. Um, just, just over 13 and a half fantasy points per game. And I just picked one, one player that the key player for Miami, Devonte Parker, and looked at his numbers this year with Fitzpatrick in the lineup versus with Tua, uh, Parker's fantasy points dropped from 15 to 9.4. Receptions dropped from 5.7 to 3.6. And receiving yards go from 75 to 43 per game. Uh, just just downgrades across the board, although his targets basically stayed the same. So that just goes to show the the efficiency for Tua is, is not there. And uh, even midseason, there were those reports leaking out that Maybe Miami would would look to move on. They knew they would end up with a high pick because of Houston. And there were already some doubts that that Tua was the guy. And if I'm I'm Miami, I'm jumping all over this opportunity that we were talking about earlier with Watson. If if that's a real report and I can package Tua with a couple of first-rounders or three first-rounders, really it's it's a name-your-price situation because they – they were a contender, a pretty strong contender with Tua and, and with Fitzpatrick. I, I just can't imagine uh, how good they would be with Watson. It's a really interesting situation with Tua because, like I said in the lead to when, when I brought Ryan in, it, he just didn't pass the eye test. There were, there were problems, and, and Ryan alluded to it. A lot of checkdowns. They were protecting him from pushing the ball down the field, probably for good reason. They know what they had there. And, you know, I think back to coming into the draft and, and all the things. Tua at Alabama stood in a clean pocket all the time and had elite wide receivers, multiple first rounders in this year's draft with Ruggs and Judy and, and a couple more really good ones that are coming out here in 2021 that he was throwing to wide open receivers, uh, nobody diving at his feet or, or trying to get after him. And, it, you know, you just get the feeling that maybe it was more about those receivers and the weapons, the Heisman Trophy contenders at running back in Alabama than, than it was with Tua. Um, it's hard not to think that way, Matt. What are your thoughts with when it comes to Tua? 
I, I I guess I'm still a little bit more optimistic than you guys. Uh, we know he was coming off of that bad injury. P- presumably he was healthy enough to start because he did start, right? Uh, and he had that one one game that impressed us. Uh, and he, he kind of got overshadowed by the other two rookies, right? Herbert came out of out of nowhere once the, the issue happened with, with, with Tyrod Taylor. And then it was off to the races with him. And two was kind of left as as uh you know left for dead by by dynasty managers to be to be honest with you uh his value is all over the place right now in a one quarterback league this these are trades that have happened since uh the end of the season so we kind of know all we know about these players uh until until we get more info this offseason and into 2021 but in a one quarterback league move for a 2022 second round pick uh and then in a a, a super flex uh, Superflex League, Tua and Hawkinson for Lamar Jackson. I, I think we'd all prefer Lamar Jackson there, probably by a strong margin. But in one a quarterback league, I'm probably going to go ahead and roll with him over 2022 20, seconds. So uh, his value is definitely down, as Ryan said, at QB, QB 14. It could certainly continue to fall after that. We might get a little bit of a spike if a, if a trade happens, like we were mentioning earlier to, to Houston, where he's got a new opportunity and a fresh start and all that. Uh, but right now uh, is probably not the time to to buy or sell. It's seems like his value is going to drop uh, before it comes back at this point. So not somebody that I'd be willing to invest in from a value standpoint, but not giving up on him as a, as a hope for a future, you know, uh, high quarterback to low quarterback one at the, at the, at the very least in a super flex format setting. A player that didn't disappoint rookie quarterback, Justin Herbert for the Chargers. He was incredible, really. Took over early in the season. Had a rookie ADP of the 304, so uh, hung around in rookie drafts in those uh, single quarterback leagues. And even in Superflex, guys, he was available in the second round in so many of those types of leagues. 66% completion percentage, 4,300 yards, and 31 scores with just 10 interceptions. Was good on on the ground as well. Supplemented his fantasy output there with 234 rushing yards and five touchdowns in 15 games. Nine quarterback one games, Ryan. And he was a guy that we could put in our starting lineup really from the from the word go. When he was handed the reins of that offense, he he was way better than a lot of people anticipated. Accurate, pushed the ball down the field, wasn't afraid to to throw into tight windows, and oftentimes came up with big plays on those types of throws. Lots of weapons there in Los Angeles. Gonna have a new coach, of course, with the Chargers, but the sky is the limit really for Justin Herbert. Yeah, it really is. He he was the quarterback seven from week two on. Of course, did not play or start in week one. Uh, led the entire league from week two on in uh, pass attempts with almost 600 and was fourth in passing yards uh, with over 4,300. So another guy doing it on uh, doing it with volume, which uh, we like to see in this case uh, because he, he helped uh, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, and, and Mike Williams and, and all of those guys, I, I think, be – be better players, be more productive. I do think there's a little something there to uh, Herbert's numbers with and without Austin Eckler. That was kind of a narrative that was going around when, when Eckler came back from that injury. And the, the numbers support it. Uh, with Eckler in the lineup, uh, Justin Herbert's fantasy points dropped by seven per game, uh, going from 29.4 to 22.4. Uh, passing yards, attempts, completions, all of those – uh, numbers basically stayed the same, either with or without Eckler. But the other number that saw the the big hit was touchdowns, which were nearly cut in half from 2.8 to 1.5. Uh, 
Uh, obviously, we love Austin Eckler. We want to see him be a big part of that offense as well. Uh, but the the offense that they moved to, especially late in the season, was was not as good for Justin Herbert when it comes to fantasy numbers. And that might have overlapped a little bit with the Keenan Allen injury. We're missing him for part of that stretch. That's definitely going to affect how Herbert uh, can put up those big numbers, Matt. I know you're you're a fan of everything he did on the field. How are you valuing Justin Herbert this offseason, especially in those super flex leagues? Yeah, he's a quarterback. He's the quarterback one of this class now, uh, again, with the Herbert, or excuse me, with the Burrow injury and, and really just kind of outperforming him, better surrounding cast. Uh, the Anthony Lynn who's you know, I, I, he couldn't hold him back for too long, but certainly wanted to hold him back. He's gone. So hopefully we get somebody in that will uh, continue to maximize what Herbert does well, uh, from a, from a trade value standpoint, the, the dynasty community is valuing high in that top five range. Again, these are after this, after the fantasy season, just Justin Herbert straight up for Kyler Murray. So, are uh, already up there by at least one person. Uh, and then several other trades kind of along that range. We're looking at, at, at two first plus at this point in a super flex format. He's not, he's not someone you're going to be able to buy cheaply, uh, really, if at all. Uh, as we get, again, as we get closer to rookie drafts, maybe someone's going to value one of these, these rookies ahead of Herbert. I would not do that uh, and, until we, at least we see them on the field. Uh, so if that's a move you can make as we get closer to those rookie drafts, then keep that in mind. Yeah, good advice for sure. There's there's a handful of quarterbacks that made a big impact this season, uh, and you know between Burrow and Tua and, and Herbert, we we got we got really a show from these rookie quarterbacks, and then we got we got a bonus towards the end of the year when Jalen Hurts took over in Philadelphia. I don't think the expectations were nearly as high, guys, obviously, but started four and a half games really 52 percent completion percentage definitely needs to improve on that thousand yards passing six touchdowns and four picks but 354 rushing yards and three touchdowns he was electrifying in really every time he touched the ball you thought something special could happen for Hertz. now there's muddy water with the eagles in that quarterback situation we'll see what happens with wentz another situation kind of like watson brewing in philadelphia where you just don't know what's going to happen with their former starter the former MVP candidate in the league and Hertz just waiting in the wings to to see what happens for 2021 we've all gone on the record saying we think both Hertz and Wentz will be starting quarterbacks next season in week one Hertz Ryan it's unreal he just he just flew up draft boards his startup ADP is rising by the day it seems we need to cool off this Hertz train because it's getting a little bit out of control yeah, so back in May, Hertz was the quarterback 28, 208 overall in our May startup ADP. Guess he's currently a quarterback one, according to ADP. He is QB 11, uh, 113 mm-hmm. overall. Uh, it, it sounds crazy at, when you first hear that, but then when you look at some of the uh, some of the players being drafted in that in that range, it it doesn't feel so crazy. Other players. Uh, in that same area as uh, Jalen Hurts in our star- startup ADP, Sterling Shepard, Brian Edwards, Fournette, Miko Hardman, Chase Edmonds. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback that's, that's right behind him, so certainly a safer option. Uh, but, but you look at the youth, and, and maybe you're, you're chasing that upside that we saw in that three-game stretch, and it's, it's a little rich for me, but, but I kind of get it. Um, I do think, I, I still think that uh, Wentz is going to be a starter somewhere other than Philly. I think Wentz will be gone. 
And I think Hertz is, is really the only option the Eagles have right now. They've got a lot of, uh, a lot of holes to fill, a lot to figure out. And if they've got this relatively cheap quarterback who uh, averaged 30 points, 30 fantasy points a game for a three week stretch, I, I think they're going to have to ride him in 2021 at least. Especially considering they're they're a team that needs the cap relief and and having that cheap option to potentially get other players around him uh, is so appealing to that front office. Matt, you watch the the trade market really closely and things like that. We were talking about Hertz after his first shot at at being a starter, and, and thought some of us thought, oh, maybe it's time to sell. He played above his head, and then then quickly we thought, oh, we better wait. This might get hot. It seems to me, feels to me, if he's a quarterback one, it's time to sell. What are your thoughts? I, I, I agree. I, I was advocating selling at, you know, the one first price range, and that was admittedly probably too low. Uh, but now it, it's, 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 it's insane out there. Uh, for example, would you rather have Jalen Hurts, two 2022 firsts, and a 2021 first, or Patrick Mahomes in a super flex league? I will take Mahomes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that the Superflex trade market is, is obviously completely different. Yes. But when you're talking, I mean, if we can assume that the current ADP is is somewhat representative of his trade value in one quarterback leagues, I would gladly trade Fournette or Shepard or uh, Raheem Mostert or Daryl Henderson for him if I need a quarterback. It, again, if I'm just chasing upside, those names around him are, are not scary necessarily. No, no, definitely not. And like you said, it's 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 easier to make a speculative ad like that. And if we're if we're still calling her to speculate that, which for me I am, I'm not convinced that he's going to be able to put together a complete season like he did, uh, uh, you, you know, for in the four and a half games or so that he did play for us. So uh, just just some other ones real quick. Uh, this one is a little interesting. Austin Eckler straight up, in a in a two quarterback league. I think I want. I think I want Eckler. It makes me think. I think I want Hurts, actually. <laughs> I think I want Hurts. I can see wanting Hurts in that one. And then one, just just one more. Uh, one underperforming guy and one, one injured guy on the other side. Hurts and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or Saquon Barkley in a 2021 second. Oh, yeah, give me Barkley. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Barkley yeah. easily. Yeah. So so his his price is out there. I mean, if you're willing to go out and try to try to move him in a super flex format, I think you can get a decent haul right now. And I'd be willing to do that in a one quarterback league. I, I I think I can speak for all of us that we it's it's better to play for upside of the quarterback position because there are so few uh, difference makers makers in that format. So yeah, I mean, don't go moving him for guys like Leonard Fournette, like Ryan was saying. And, and on the flip side, if you can you can make that add to your team, absolutely. Do yeah, that. and you can probably move up that ADP list from a guy like Fournette. Ned or a yeah, guy like yeah, even higher Hardman and still feel good about making a swap for Hertz. Maybe he is that guy that's right in the middle ground. Uh, you mentioned some of the other quarterbacks around him there, Ryan, and you can see why when people were doing these drafts to to collect this ADP, why they went with Hertz over a guy like Tannehill or some of the others that you mentioned. We do have a few other quarterbacks that we should talk about quickly, guys, and we'll start with Jordan Love in Green Bay. Didn't see the field, of course, behind the MVP. Uh, rookie ADP of the 406. No stats to talk about here. He's probably sitting for at least a year, potentially more than that. I think the main thing here, Ryan, is 
you you drafted Jordan Love in a single in a, in a super flex league. You held him all year long. How patient can you be as we start to add new players to your roster with a guy like Love who looks at at least a year and probably multiple years before he gets a real opportunity unless there's a big injury ahead of him on the depth chart? Yeah, being being part of this offense, I think you have to be patient. You have to hold him because when the time comes, whether it's uh, whether it's a wait as long as Aaron Rodgers had, which was uh, which was a couple years, or if if it is due to some unfortunate injury, you're going to get that return on investment. Certainly, uh, in a one quarterback league, I, he he can hit the waiver wire. I think. Agreed completely. Uh, Matt, you've been critical of the selection of love by the Packers, but uh, after a year, have you simmered down on that? Or are you holding and just trying to stay patient just in case he's the next uh, next big-name quarterback in Green Bay? <laughs> I mean, I just – I just we, we haven't had a roster clogger episode, and, and even in a two-quarterback league or – or excuse me, a super flex league, I think he's borderline on that because you're not going to be able to start him and you're not going to be able to trade him. Those are the rules, right? If you can't start him, if you can't trade him, he's probably tending towards a roster clogger. And if we're waiting two-plus years, I don't think it's – I mean, we, we, we saw – let's see. We saw eight games where a backup quarterback entered the game uh, in 2020 for the Packers, uh, Tim Boyle. And it was not Jordan Love even one time, even one snap. So I just I, I, I feel like he's a project at best, and they've already considered him a bust at worst. Ooh. So I, Dan, I just... that that was just cruel asking <laughs> if he's gotten over it. As Packers fans, seeing the uh, success that they had this year, and seeing especially the su- success that Aaron Rodgers had, the Love pick and the Deguara pick in the third round, that should. That should just make you guys even more angry. I mean, imagine if if, the, if those players were if one of those players was a wide receiver and one of those players was uh, another uh, wide receiver, another <laughs> offensive lineman, <laughs> maybe another off, maybe another wide receiver. I was going to say another offensive line. Now that Bakhtiari's down, right? So, uh, yeah. So we, I feel like we. Oh, there's done plenty more. of defensive deficiencies too. That we can we can talk about that all day long. Uh, I'm I'm a little more glasses half full with this. I'm I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing Jordan Love play. Hopefully there is a preseason next year. And I advocate if you got him on your roster, especially in those super flex leagues, and you held him throughout the season, do everything you can to keep him through at least the preseason next year because we haven't seen a thing from Jordan Love. And what if? What if he's the next yeah. guy? So uh, let's let's try to be patient if we can. Another guy that we could be patient with is Jacob Eason. He was he was pretty much undrafted in all leagues. Uh, some super flex leagues, you saw him go in the third and fourth round. Never got his chance as a rookie in Indianapolis, too. Guys, we w- maybe should have talked about Philip Rivers in the opening. There's been rumors of him potentially retiring and becoming a high school football coach in Alabama, I guess. Uh, he... I guess could be back in Indianapolis. He could be playing somewhere else. Either way, Jacob Eason will be back with the Colts next year. Ryan, is there some hope here? If you were, if you were one of these managers that held on to Eason throughout the season, you got to be at least be intrigued to see what he does in the preseason as well. Yeah, I think you have to hang on to him. Certainly, uh, in again in super flex leagues, but. I mean, this this Colts team is a a contending team with or without Philip Rivers. So, I mean, they're they're not handing this job to Jacob Eason. They're you know the Wentz rumors have been out there. So whether they 
trade for Carson Wentz, whether they uh, target another quarterback in the free agent or, or trade market. Uh, to me, Eason is best case scenario, the, the quarterback two there, the backup. Jacoby Brissett is a free agent, which is notable for Eason. Um, so if we expect Brissett to move on, and that's that's not necessarily a given, um, then, then Eason could be that backup. And in that case, he's worth rostering in a super flex league. Yeah, no other opinion here. If if you have them again, if you if you can if you're in a a large roster spot league, 25, 28, 30, 32 plus, then you can probably hold them, but if not, you're probably considering dropping him once you're adding rookies this offseason. Uh but certainly worthy of a stash in a Superflex league. Other guys that were notable during draft season, Jake Luton got a shot but didn't do much with it. Ben DiNucci, you can absolutely say the same about him in Dallas. And then there are some Jake from truthers out there still like the strong arm quarterback and might be holding on to him outside of that. Not much to see here with the quarterbacks before we get to the tight ends. We should talk about our buddies over at monkeyknifefight.com. They are the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet. And they are giving you free money and free Dynasty football content with an initial deposit. Open a new account with a minimum of a $10 deposit at Monkey Knife Fight, and you're going to receive a free DynastyLeagueFootball.com annual premium membership just in time for this offseason with all the great content that we put out at DLF talking about all these rookies in the 2021 class. This offer also extends for your current DLF annual membership by a year. So if you're already a member, just sign up at Monkey Knife Fight, throw 10 bucks in there, and you're going to get an extra year at DLF. On top of that, they're going to match that initial deposit. So if you put in 10, they'll make it 20. If you put in 50, they're going to make it 100. They'll go all the way up to that maximum of $50. They feature football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, esports, prop bets, and so much more. You're going to find all those entertaining contest options over at monkeyknifefight.com. So check out the new and improved DFS and prop bet experience and claim your deposit match and your free DynastyLeagueFootball.com premium membership only at monkeyknifefight.com. Let's get to these tight ends, guys, because there are some intriguing names, despite none of them really being uh, top 25 picks in rookie drafts. Uh, for us, and we'll start with Cole Komet. He was the first rookie tight end taken in the NFL draft. He was probably the first one taken in your rookie uh, rookie draft, rookie dynasty draft as well. Uh, picked 309 in rookie drafts, 33 overall. Came through towards the end of the season and became uh, definitely roster worthy, even startable in some cases, guys. 28 catches, 243 yards, and two touchdowns on 44 targets he was good towards the end of the season Matt and and played well enough that I think most dynasty managers are thinking he could be a breakout candidate could have a bigger role in year two in Chicago I I think he certainly could but I I think around that tight end 14 price tag I'm I would rather have other guys, if that makes makes sense. Um, you know, we saw a little bit from him. It'll be year two. Who is Trubisky still going to be the quarterback? I just think we can do more with with that same price if we're looking to buy a tight end in that you know just outside the top twelve range. I think we could do better for for the same price. So I, I'm probably not investing any, but I can understand it. Yeah, I, I would say the same thing, only because I'm looking at some of the names. Uh, w- one of my favorites is Irv Smith uh, being drafted right behind Cole Komet. I would, 
I don't think that's even a conversation. No. Um, so I would easily prefer Irv Smith. We can go a little deeper even with uh, with someone like Tyler Higbee. I'd, I'd still rather have him. So Even Logan Thomas. Even a Logan Thomas I'd rather have. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Thomas maybe. Yeah, Thomas is in that same range. A L- little bit higher, actually, than Komet. Oh, okay. But in, in that same draft range. Uh, so, yeah, the, the price is a little bit high. Uh, we did see Komet uh, play pretty well. Dan, like you said, down the stretch. Uh, but Jimmy Graham continued to vulture those touchdowns. Uh, Komet was the, uh, let's see, he was the tight end 24 over the last six weeks or so. So that doesn't doesn't get, uh, you know, doesn't get the, the juices flowing too much, but showed showed a little hope toward the end. I guess, I guess it kind of comes down to what happens with Jimmy Graham. If they keep him on that team, we're probably going to see another year, just like we saw this year, of, of those two guys sharing the work. More than anything else, fellas, I, I think it was just that he was getting on the field, that he was part of the offense. That game against Green Bay, I think both of you would say, he was kind of annoying. He, he run those quick five-yard outs. He caught seven passes for just 41 yards and, and was relatively cocky and arrogant on the field. And, and it was just, <laughs> uh, it, it was eye-catching for sure. And, you know, over those last five games or so, we saw a couple of five-catch games, never went over 50 yards, only caught the one touchdown, but he was seeing the field more. Not the red zone threat quite yet, but you're right. If Jimmy Graham moves on, there is the potential uh, for him to gather that role as well and potentially be an every week consideration for a low end tight end one in the future. The next tight end drafted in the NFL draft was Devin Asiasi. This was an odd rookie season because he was drafted relatively highly. Not many picked him in even the third round in rookie drafts. He had an ADP of 41 overall in rookie ADP. Uh, Just two catches for 39 yards and a score on seven targets. Both of his catches, all of his yards, and his touchdown came in Week 17, Matt. So, Asi Asi, your thoughts here? Is there a chance for him? Are we holding him at the back of rosters, or is he just a roster clogger? He's he's less than a roster clogger. I mean, mean, there's an opportunity. I mean, there's an opportunity, right? But uh, Dalton Keene, also also drafted in the same class, uh, who were, who's, is barely worth mentioning for this show down as I'm scrolling down the, the show sheet. Uh, so, you know, I just, are you ever going to start him? Maybe not, maybe, maybe not in 2021, maybe not in 2022. I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't have any opinion on him and I don't need him on my <laughs> roster. So if somebody, if somebody wants to come give me a third round pick for him, you you can, Matt is, is highly critical tonight. We, we <laughs> caught him on a day when, when he had some fire. <laughs> Is there a single Patriot you really want on your dynasty no. roster? Right I mean, now? I, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of, I'm kind of back in on Harry at his current <laughs> I am prices. Too. Yes. So, uh, so I guess it's not completely devoid of, of, of desire on that team for fantasy, but uh, Aussie Aussie is not not one of those mm. guys. Okay, let's uh, let's try to find one that maybe Matt likes. We'll start with Adam Troutman uh, <laughs> of the Saints, buried on that depth chart as well. Just 15 catches as a rookie for 171 and a score on 16 targets. Was picked at the end of the third or early in the fourth round of rookie drafts, Matt. He had a couple splash plays where you thought, okay, there's that athletic guy that if he gets an opportunity to be the guy in an offense, maybe there's the potential at a, at a mid to low tight end one. What are your thoughts on him? It seems like Cook's uh, potentially moving on in the offseason. There might be a door 
creaking open for Troutman to have a bigger role in New Orleans. Yeah, it looks like uh, Cook's contract automatically voids in 2021, so it really gives them a little bit of cap relief if for some reason they think they're going to be able to bring back Breeze, and that leaves a big hole for Troutman. So, again, based just based on opportunity, I think we have to like that. We liked his athleticism. We, we saw it translate a little bit from that small school to the NFL, so uh, the little bit that we did see was good, so I'm much more optimistic about he uh, than I am about Asiasi. Uh, again, largely based on opportunity. If they bring in somebody else or decide Josh Hill is the guy cool. again, I could even really get that out without laughing uh but yeah it's just the opportunity is greater the offense is better and uh he's i think he's a, a, maybe a better offensive player than Aussie Aussie at this right point. and the quarterback situation is going to have a lot to do with how uh how much potential Troutman can have in that offense the the rumor is that Breeze is in his final run we don't know who's going to take over it could be Hill could be somebody else uh, is Troutman a guy that you want on your roster right now? And are you looking at him as a guy with the, with some kind of breakout potential? Yeah, I think so. I th- think we may be a year too early with him. Uh, even though Jared Cook's contract, uh, is up at the end of the season, I would be surprised if they just, just rolled with Troutman, kind of a similar conversation to what we said with, with Eason. This is a contending team. Um, and they do need to upgrade their their pass catching core in general, and so one way to do that would be bringing in a veteran tight end. Uh, certainly, if they don't, then it's it's all systems go with with Troutman. But either way, I, I like the idea of targeting him now in in early drafts or in in the trade market just to have him on my roster. Even if they. Even if they do bring in another weapon, which they obviously should as a wide receiver or a tight end, I mean, there's rumors now that Michael Thomas aren't going to be there. So there's, you know, there's, I think there's a possibility of him being a top, uh, you know, maybe the third option in that passing game in, uh, next, even as early as next season. The potential for sure. And, and even watching him in college and, and trying to project his future, we did see him as a guy that can stretch the field in the middle a little bit, get down the seam. And those kind of guys, if they click with a quarterback and they have a little bit of uh, chemistry, they, they can they can take off really quickly. So uh, as Ryan said, a guy you definitely want on your roster and, and you're going to wait on him. These tight ends typically take a little time. He could be one of those guys. A guy that did make a big splash in the middle of the season was Harrison Bryant of the Cleveland Browns guys. If, if you were going to say a tight end's name that that made the biggest splash as a rookie it'd have to be Bryant 24 catches 238 yards and three touchdowns of course had that two touchdown game in the middle of the year so he's a hot waiver wire ad in even redraft leagues Harrison Bryant is another guy that's athletic he's a big guy too he can make plays down the field and as a dump off option and in an offense where that that coaching staff really wants to feature the tight end even with Austin Hooper, Matt, it seems like Harrison Bryant could have a bright future in the league and for dynasty managers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, I think Harrison Bryant actually adds value to his touches, whereas Austin Hooper is kind of the catch it and fall fall down kind of player, unless he's got you know forty yards of cushion like he when he made several big plays uh, two seasons ago with Atlanta. Um, so it'll be interesting there, just just because it's so crowded. Is, is are they going to move on from the Joku? Uh, it, it's Stefanski, so you know that he wants to use the tight end position. So it just kind of, it, we, we might be looking at like another kind of like mini Dallas Goddard kind of scenario here, right? Where we're waiting for Hooper's contract to to get where it's undesirable, and they move on from him, and then Harrison <laughs> Bryant can kind of take over as the guy. Uh, but 
yeah, I, we, we like what we've seen, and uh, I, I, I'd like to buy them. I think that contract was undes- undesirable as soon as they signed <laughs> yeah. it, right? Well, it, it, it's the it, highest, it absolutely... highest paid tight end in, in league history. Uh, it absolutely was, but I mean, I mean, in terms of being able to move on from it. Yeah, no, I, I like what you said. I like targeting Brian. He's he's obviously gained value. ADP went from two fifty four, which is basically uh, almost undrafted. Maybe he got p- picked in just one or two of our mocks. He was the tight end thirty eight. Now the tight end twenty two and one hundred eighty overall. Gained a lot of value, but still very affordable. I, I think you could easily buy him for a third rounder. Uh, I'm not. Sh- I think I'd rather. I think I'd rather have the third rounder. But if you if you love him, believe in the situation. That's that's a cheap price to pay. I'd rather have him at tight end twenty two than commit at tight end fourteen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds fair for sure. I. The the nice thing is that we we saw it a little bit when he got an opportunity and Hooper was out. We saw flashes, and they like to use him in the red zone a little bit. There, if he ever did have that job to himself or was the premier tight end in an offense, it seems like he could translate that into useful fantasy numbers at the very least. Uh, a raw prospect that we spent a lot of time talking about over the summer, guys, was Albert Okuabunam the Denver Broncos rookie tight end. Uh, Another guy that slipped in the NFL draft and was relative, mostly undrafted in in rookie drafts over the summer and into the fall. 11 catches for 121 yards and a touchdown. 15 targets on the year. He's a big target, guys, and and he was used that way before going down to injury. While Noah Fant was out, he got multiple end zone looks. In fact, he got an end zone look uh, in a a game-winning situation. Jump ball that seems like his upside is is all with those touchdowns Matt and if he can get a role where he gets regular looks down there in the red zone there might be a little bit of something here yeah I I like him a lot I think he's going to continue to be you know a thorn in the side of of Noah Fant managers and from a touchdown standpoint he he athletically profiles as that guy who could be a high touchdown low volume kind of player for them uh, and it kind of bore out uh, when when Fant was injured. Uh, even his first game back, he he received the same number of targets as Fant did seven targets in that Week Seven game against Kansas City. Uh, so uh, this this you know depending on what they do with the quarterback situation, they have all those weapons. Cortland Sutton coming back, he's certainly not going to be a high volume option. But if you're just looking for a touchdown, he's somebody I think is is at least worth worth your tight end to on your roster. Yep, I totally agree. Only played four games, a slow start, and then the injury. Uh, four games, four red zone targets, uh, and a couple of catches in the red zone with the one touchdown. So, yeah, behind Fant, as you guys said there, but that that's another offense, especially if they upgrade that quarterback. Kind of looks like that's the way things might go. Uh, that's another offense I want. Uh, I want a piece of, and he's a cheap way to do that. He's a very cheap way to do it for sure. You mentioned the four games that, and the and Matt, you said the seven targets, seven catches for sixty yards. In week seven, uh, Fant was healthy for that game. Uh, a week later, Fant, Fant got a little more felt healthy and started getting more targets, and then Albert went down with the injury. Uh, another guy that we should certainly have on our radar throughout the offseason and a guy worth a back-end roster spot. Is there anybody else to mention here, guys? You mentioned Dalton Keene. Degura's name popped up. Bryson Hopkins is a guy that had a little bit of upside in the draft process but is buried in L.A. in that Rams depth chart. Anybody else worth mentioning before we move on? Yeah, I mean, we could certainly see Keene 
uh, winning that job over Aussie Aussie. Those guys were both drafted kind of in the same range. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a shock if it went either direction. But again, I just don't really want to invest in that offense. We have no idea who the quarterback is. Um, Bryson Hopkins is kind of interesting. Gerald Everett is a free agent. Uh, if they let him go, then we could assume maybe that Hopkins takes on that tight end two role, which uh, they really kind of split as the season went along. Hunter Bryan is a little interesting. Also, obviously, he's blocked by Hawkinson. Hawkinson has he, – he was healthy this year, but he seems like somebody that, that may experience some injuries throughout his career, you know, just based on what happened during his rookie season. Uh, so interesting there, uh, athletic guy. And, you know, it, depending on what, what Detroit uh, does in the offseason with their coaching staff, who they're going to bring in, what offensive system they're going to run with, maybe they run themselves into a two-tight end situation as well, uh, and he could become relevant. But, you know, just, again, just a, a, a pure speculation and spear – I don't know what you would even pay for him. He's probably on most waiver wires at this point. So uh, somebody to add if you have a free roster spot, but certainly no one to go out of your way. If you guys are targeting one tight end from this class, this off season to add as your tight end two or even tight end three on your roster in a deep league, who's the guy? Troutman. Troutman. Yeah, it's Troutman. Sure. Maybe, maybe. Oh, yeah. It's Albert O is my second choice, though. Me sure. too. Yeah, I, I would say Harrison Bryant would probably be second for me, especially considering price. But they're all wrapped up together in that tight end twenty to tight end. Oh, I guess thirty five for for Albert. Bo- is he tight end thirty four there, Ryan Alberto? In our current ADP, not even drafted. Yeah, not even drafted. So, so free, free is better than paying paying for something else. I guess. <laughs> Same question for the quarterbacks. Obviously, um, at their current price, Burroughs got the injury. Two had the disappointment. Herbert was a stud, but he's expensive. Hurts did what he did. Love is almost free. If you if you got to invest in somebody, uh, whether it be for a starter or as future backup, somebody who could emerge, who's the guy you're paying current price for? It's Burrow for me. Yeah, he seems to be the mid-value point, so I'd, I'd probably swing that way. I still think two is interesting just on how how low he is now and how low he could go, but I, again, I would wait to buy him, so currently it would be yeah, Burrow. Yeah, it's probably Burrow for me as well. We're going to flip over to the running backs next week, get a last peek at these guys, followed by the wide receivers in a couple weeks. Then we'll probably put a bow on this rookie class, guys, with uh, one last rookie draft because we all like to do that before we uh, talk about the rest of the players in the NFL that aren't rookies and start getting into the future rookies, the 2021 class as well. So uh, for Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.